really, I really wrestle with this question. Just depends on what mood I'm in, what I've been exposed to recently. But part of me is like, just let it go that people I know, people who were former colleagues in the industry, were actually trying to cancel people for not taking a particular medicine or, you know, the whole uh, dust up when I made the completely benign tweet about outdoor masking creeping me out pile on that happened. People, you know, that nobody that I was respected or was good friends with or anything, but people, you know, from the industry piling on, trying to score some virtue signaling points. Sometimes I think, you know, just let that go. Like, who cares? Like, you know, I won. I'm like Robert De Niro in heat. I'm driving to the, I've got the score. I'm driving to the airport with my girlfriend to get out of the country. But then he has to turn the car around and kill that, that scumbag who, ratted him out and he does it kills the guy but of course he gets caught in the process and killed and that's you know that's probably the truth right that's probably the truth like just let all that shit go like you're not going to get justice in that sense i remember this in um totally different because i was probably in the wrong in this case or at least half in the wrong an ex-girlfriend that i had split up with and i was missing her and i was she was not interested to get back together after a while and so i was just like it's just very frustrated that I couldn't explain like what the problem was or whatever. And this is a little bit of a cliche, but I, I wrote about this in one of my sub stacks, but I was walking across the Seine river in Paris, it's total cliche, but I was there by myself 2007. And it just dawned on me that there was not going to be satisfaction here. Like she was not going to understand my point of view and see, Oh, I see why we had these problems and we can work this out. And, it was not going to happen. There was no explanation I could, there's no persuasion tactic I could make. It was just the bitter reality of like, this is over. You didn't, it's not like it, we really tried to work it out and we had an understanding uh, and then it didn't work out. It was like, no, you're not even going to have that understanding. There's going to be this disconnect in terms of your understanding and it just didn't work out and you didn't even get a chance to really work it out. I mean, I did have a chance. I had a couple of years while we were together. <laughs> Apparently I didn't work it out in, in plenty of time. But the idea then was that that's it. There's nothing to think about anymore. There's nothing to say. There's no email to send. It's over. It's just over and it, it's disappointing. And that bitter taste of disappointment and dissatisfaction with not being able to express whatever it is that you needed to express, which I don't even remember at this point. That's the truth. That's the reality. And coming to terms with that sort of bitter, empty feeling was as good as it was ever going to get. Just being in that sense of just disappointment was it. And, you know, it, it just hit me and I was like, okay. And, and I actually felt better from that point forward. I was just like, yeah, this sucks. Like, that's it. That's just it. That's the satisfaction I'm going to get is the dissatisfaction of the unsatisfaction of not having the conflicts resolved, the disagreements resolved, the clarity and communication resolved. It was just dissatisfaction. And so you could apply a similar lesson here. This is basically, it, it's similar. It's not exactly the same. Cause again, like I'm sure I was at least half responsible for the miscommunication, misunderstanding that she was. But in this case, fuck that. Like these people were fucking assholes and I was, you know, just being a human being expressing things that were actually true at the time. But the question is, do I just say, you know what, you don't get justice for shit like this. You know, that the justice comes from living a good life and letting them live the lives they live. If you're a scumbag virtue signaling piece of shit, that's going to try to cancel somebody uh, from their job just because they expressed a different view than you. 
uh, that ended up being right. And you, you don't even have the integrity to apologize or, you know, admit that you were a fucking total douchebag, then that's who you are and that's your life. And that will have repercussions and ramifications in your relationships and your dealing with yourself and others. And so I don't need to get some sort of personal satisfaction because I know that that's true, right? Why do I not try to be a scumbag who behaves like that? Because I know if I were, then I, it would, my life would be miserable. You know, it's, it's, I'm not miserable enough to behave like that. And I know that if I started behaving like that, I would surely become that miserable. So why do I, why do am I still like, fuck you? I want an apology. Why am I still like these motherfuckers? You know, they, they need to account for the fact that they were totally wrong. And the shit I was saying was not only in most cases, correct, but benign, you know, like that mask tweet. Like, I mean, fucking, oh, outdoor masking creeps me out. Like these people would burn me at the stake. That was just fucking true. And actually the people were, you know, virtually trying to burn me at the stake for even pointing that out. So it was funny. It was like, they made my point for me in a way. Part of me is like, okay, obviously the just, not only is it not, it's not nearly as, you know, important as, you know, say a relationship that was important to me at the time, but it's also, I know that they're going to, you know, karma's a bitch, you know, you're that kind of person. That's your life is your karma, your, your interactions, your karma. Why, what is the other side of the argument, right? It seems like that's a slam dunk. Well, I'll give you the other side of the argument. The other side of the argument is too many of us have just been too nice to the, you know, to the people who have been lying to us, gaslighting us, mistreating us, thinking that they could moralize to us. We've been too nice. We've been too friendly about it. Like, hey, I, I see your point of view, but I just disagree. I think mandates are totally wrong. You know, I, I don't think I don't think it's correct to do this. I think the civil liberties, blah, blah, blah. It's very logical. It's very diplomatic, you know, the way it's being done. But think about it. Like these people are trying to, I mean, some of them destroy my livelihood, at least publicly embarrass me, right? I mean, come in and and reply to me or, or say something. They know we have mutual followers. They know people, it's public, you know, Twitter's a public forum. They know people are going to see it and they'll score the point at my expense. It'll be embarrassing for me. People trying to cut me down in some way. That, at a minimum, they're trying to publicly embarrass me, discredit me as somebody to take seriously. And at the maximum, some of them were adding RotoWire and trying to, you know, adding SiriusXM and trying to economically harm me and my family. I mean, that's, that's sort of the worst. So these people did this shit. And think about this. And I was diplomatic to a fault in 99% of the cases. I really was just sort of like engaging them, you know, in a very like respectful way, mostly, most of the time. And I had to block some of them, but mostly I was respectful. And the thing is like, think about that, right? They're coming after me and I'm being respectful. But the only reason they're even, these cowards would even fucking dare to fucking say a word in the first place is because they have power on their side. They think that most people in their industry, most of their colleagues, their friends, their families, the you know elected government officials, the most people are agree with them or don't agree with them. They're just parroting what those people told them to think. But I mean, they all are in agreement in terms of what sort of regressive policies we should impose on regular people. They all agree about that. And if it were the opposite, if the power structures were such that they were like, it's fucking totally verboten to 
try to force someone to take medicine they don't want. What are you doing? Are you some sort of psycho or you're trying to go after someone's job because they said something you disagree with? The only time where someone should go after your job to, to, as a deterrent, to, you know, that's the only time where it's justifiable to go after someone's job where you're actually trying to harm them economically. You should pay a price for that. There should be a tort lawsuit against you. You're trying to harm someone economically over a disagreement about some medical protocol that's being uh, pushed from on high and that ended up being totally ridiculous. Masking period doesn't work, but outdoors is, we knew that from the very beginning. And I was just saying something was true. So you kind of see like, should there not be some consequences for being a total fucking scumbag just because you have the power on your side? And it's something you would never do, you fucking little Weasley coward, if the situation were reversed. If the power were on the other side, you'd be super respectful. Because how do I know that? Because no, none of these fuckers said a word about anything until this happened. You know, they would never do it, uh, even if they disagreed. So you're sort of like, well, these people, you know, they're sort of running around thinking they have license to, you know, cry bully um, other people if the state has their back, so to speak. People minding their own business. Again, this is, this is goes without saying, I am literally just tweeting out my particular thoughts. I'm not arguing with them in their timelines. I don't follow these people. I don't like these people. I don't engage with these people. They're coming to me to embarrass me. I'm not like picking a fight with them. So they're doing this, minding my own business, saying what I want to say. And where's the justice for that, right? That's like, where's the fucking justice for that? I want some fucking justice. And again, there's the, the first thing I said, which is, look, I know I've read, I've read a lot. I've thought a lot. I've lived 52 years. I understand karma. I understand living a life of being that kind of person is a horrible punishment. You probably wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. They, they're already punished. I don't need to personally meet it out. It's do, they're doing it to themselves. They know they're wrong, right? They wouldn't bet. They, like the, the test is, you know, would they bet on it? It's like, they'd say, well, no, they'd still say they're right. Well, really, would they bet that the vaccine stops the spread right now? Would they bet that the vaccine hasn't killed anybody? That I couldn't find many, many citations from the governments that promoted it that actually attested the fact that hundreds of people or even thousands of people died of it. Obviously, it's way more than that. But you know what they admit to is certainly hundreds, if not thousands. Worldwide, it's thousands. They wouldn't bet on that. You know, the people that I ask and I say, how many people actually were killed by the protesters or the insurrectionists on January 6th? And the answer is zero. And if they say, no, there were people that they killed, would they bet on that? No, they wouldn't bet on that. They wouldn't bet real money on that. So, the, so they know they're lying when they say this shit. It, the shit. You could say, well, they, don't, they believe all this stuff. But if you, if you had to put money on it, they wouldn't do it. And that shows they know. They believe it as long as there's no cost. In fact, there's a benefit to believing it. But as soon as you impose the cost on believing it, they would drop that shit. So I don't know. I'm just of two minds. Like part of me wants to just fucking go scorch earth, retweet every one of these motherfuckers who are wrong about everything, just fucking destroy them. Um, and then part of me is like, no, that's really bad. Robert De Niro and Heat, <laughs> you got go to the plane. You got everything you wanted. Um, everything's good in your life. Don't do it. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm mostly on the ladder, but you know, the, the fact that like, what would you do if the only reason it seems like there's no choice and it's obvious is because of the power dynamic. If the situation were reversed and the state was based and was like, look, you know, we don't tell people what medicines to take and we don't tell people what they can say and what they can't say. And in fact, you know, we're issuing, we're, we're, we're putting in legislation I don't know, maybe some states could do it. It probably wouldn't, I don't know if it would be a constitutional thing where John Morant is going to get suspended indefinitely for an Instagram post with a gun in it. 
And it's like, you know, if it was legal, if he wasn't committing a crime, I don't know. I haven't even looked into it. They might not like that and they might not like guns, but if he was doing something legal, it's like how much of this sort of these clauses that are like, you know, anything you do that can make us look bad, we can fire you or suspend you or whatever. How much of that is, it's almost like, to me, that's almost like unconstitutional in a way. I I get it. There's a fine line with private businesses and private organizations making their own rules of of what they require. But at the same time, it's kind of like employers, you know, they can't discriminate based on race. They can't discriminate based on gender. So there are obviously rules that prevent private employers from just doing whatever the fuck they want. And there are you know, protections and rightly so. Why shouldn't there be a, a thing of like, nah, like if a guy misbehaves on the job or if a guy doesn't do his job, okay, fire his ass. If a player's not playing well and gets cut, fine, cut him. But the idea that this sort of you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to, instead of the government doing it, the government obviously did do it through Twitter and social media. We're going to come in and restrict your speech through your employer. Your employer can restrict your outside the employment speech. It's almost should be like unconstitutional. Like it's like, yeah, you know, obviously you get some situations where some guy was a model citizen at work and he was like posting racist shit on Twitter and his, you know, his colleagues got wind of it and it fucked up the whole company. And that would be a, a, <laughs> a bad situation. But it's almost like, you know, maybe the ethos is wrong. It's sort of like block, unfollow, don't pay attention to that guy. And if he does something wrong at work, fucking, you know, hold him to account for that. But if he's a model citizen at work, like don't pay attention to his insane rantings outside of work. I don't know. I'm just kind of spitballing here because I'm sure there's a lot of aspects of this I haven't really thought through that could be difficult. But I almost feel like this... This idea, I'm, I'm going far afield here as I usually do, but I, I kind of feel this like idea that like they can, these, co- these provisions and contracts are like anything that, you know, reflects poorly on the company or, you know, the, the sort of good behavior clauses. It, it should be like illegal for those things because I just feel like when you're at work, you have to do what the company, you have to do your job. You have to be cordial to your colleagues. You have to be respectful and that's that. But, you know, when you're outside of work, you know, now everywhere's work, right? You're, you're on Twitter, but you're at work because if your work sees you post something or someone reports you to your company, you're fired. And I just think that's, you know, a really bad idea. And, and you know, e- even the example I used, obviously that would be a really huge problem if somebody's just posting outright racist shit and then the company was dealing with it. But that's going to be, by f- almost nobody wants to do that, right? They don't want to be that guy. They don't want to do that on social media. Anybody who's going to do that on social media probably doesn't have a job anyway, certainly not a job with other people. So, I mean, that's, that's more of a hypothetical, but you know, just sort of, Hey, I, I don't, I don't like the MRNA shot. You should be able to say that and someone not go to your job and be like, you have anti-vaxxers. This sort of your job can restrict your speech outside the job. There should be a limit at work. That's one thing with remote work. It's a little bit different, but remote work, it's kind of like, okay, if you're going to have remote workers, if you want to let people work remotely, um, then you don't really have jurisdiction over them except in their emails and interactions with colleagues. You know, what they post publicly on social media, uh, if they post it in the Slack room in the company Slack, then you can can them if they say something. But if you, they're posting it on a social media that has nothing to do with the company, I don't know. They probably be some litigation on fine lines of what some things are public, private. But anyway, that's a, I'm far afield because my point was, if you had a based country, you know, a, a country with with legitimate leaders who were like, look, we don't, we don't tell people what medicines to take. We don't tell people when there's no bureau of disinformation. We don't, you know, we don't know what's actually true information beyond any doubt and 
obviously science advances based on new things being true that we didn't think were true. Um, and so we're not going to take a position on, you know, absolute truth and we'll say what we believe our hypotheses are, our, our agencies would do that and say what we don't think is true, but we're not going to ban people from disagreeing with our positions or our hypotheses, which is how science works. It's not science isn't what's true. It's what it's hypotheses that best explain the data, the phenomena. And as uh, you get a hypothesis that either as, as you get data points that invalidate a hypothesis, you start to reject it. And as you get a hypothesis that better accounts for all of the data, then you supplant a prior hypothesis with a new one. And that's how science works. And it's funny, these fucking idiots who are lecturing me about science don't know fucking shit about science. They mistake it for religion. They think what the science says is this, and that's why you're wrong. But that's not how science works. It's a hypothesis that best explains the current data. And so you have to be able to reject it. And if, if people who are vaccinated are catching COVID, then you must reject the hypothesis that it stops the spread. If nobody came out of the woodwork to explain the OJ murders in a way that's better than OJ fucking killed those people... Um, then that's the going hypothesis. It doesn't mean that we know for sure that's what happened. It just means like that's what we think happened because it best explains the data. It's, they've had 30 years to fucking fix it. But again, I'm going far afield. My point is just that in the sense that if you had a government, if you had a state, which is probably sort of an oxymoron, I'm starting to feel like, that was based um, and did not tolerate you know, this sort of cancel culture and this kind of, did not encourage it at least, this cancel culture and this intolerance, basically, this, these fuckers would not be doing it. And if they were doing it, um, it would be like such a no brainer for me to be like, what the fuck is your problem? You piece of shit loser. What, what is your fucking problem? That person would never do it in the first place. But if he did it, you know, it would be like a no brainer. It would be like somebody violating some obvious code of ethics and you would smack them down. Of course you would. Of course you would smack them down for violating that code. Like that fucking douchebag who used a burner account to at the uh, to respond to me and the uh, NFBC, you know, tagging both of us. NFBC gives me beat Chris List leagues. That's a partner of mine still, and says he says Chris List is a garbage person, and you know, it's a burner account from some fucking loser who was also trying to cancel me, you know, a couple of years ago. And you know that kind of behavior. Of course, I smacked it down. You don't use a burner account to smear somebody to one of their partners. I mean, that shit's actionable. If that dude could cause any damage, if some loser like that with no clout whatsoever had any way of actually harming me, but the intent was there for sure. You know, like shit like that, that's, that to me is what all of this stuff is though. I mean, that's an egregious example because the guy was such a fucking Weasley coward, such a nutless monkey, like nutless beyond nutless. And all these guys are. If, if they had transgressed in a way that was obviously breaking a, a code of respect um, that was obvious at the time, basically because everybody was encouraged to do it because Jimmy Kimmel, that nutless fucking monkey, what a pathetic excuse for a human being that fuck is, did that comedy bit about, you know, oh, you're having a heart attack. You took the vaccine. Go ahead. Oh, you wheezy who gobbled horse goo. Sorry, you're on your own. Like, fuck you. That guy was advocating on a gigantic platform for people with, with a heart attack not to be treated because they didn't inject themselves with what his masters told them to. How can he show his face in public knowing what we know now? How can he fucking show his face in public? And the, the only reason that he can is because the people, who, his masters are still in power. Once his masters are disgraced as they absolutely should be, that guy will not fucking show his face in public. 
you know, it's an, it's embarrassing. I wouldn't trade places with that guy if I were fucking homeless to have done that and been that guy. That is just a disgrace of a human being. I mean, to me, it's just one of the most disgraceful people to be that rich, be set for life and still do the bidding of, of the pharmaceutical companies and basically suggest to put this out there that, you know, that these people don't deserve life-saving medical treatment. I mean, how close is, you shouldn't get treatment. You shouldn't be treated if your life's on the line. I mean, you know, we're, that's one step away from you shouldn't, your life isn't valued is, well, what if you're, what if you're a super spreader? What if the, what if the mRNA poison had slowed the spread or stopped the spread? What's the next conclusion? If your life's not worth saving and you're a risk, what's the logical conclusion? I mean, this is how the really bad things in history happen is that kind of attitude. And so, you know, so part of me is like, you people going along with this shit, you fake fuckers, you phony fucking nice guys in the industry, you fucking phonies. You know, I maybe should have gone scorched earth. I shouldn't have been so diplomatic. But the only reason I was is because at the time, you know, I still had partners at the time it was happening. And if I go do that, then I just, you know, bring the storm on me. And then of course, red wire. And I didn't want to do that. And now I've already got, you know, my car and my girl and my money and I'm going to the airplane to get out of the country. But in a way it's sort of like, yeah, I'm set. I'm fine. But am I fleeing from the, from the fight, which is no fuck you. And, and the problem is the reason why there hasn't been prosecutions. The reason why people haven't been held to account is even though people like me and there's millions of us, millions of us who are smart and who've done the fucking work and who know what the truth is about this stuff and who are actually rigorous and disciplined is because, you know, it's starting to happen, but, you know, angry as we are, we're very diplomatic, you know, and, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a point to be made of like, okay, don't descend into mob, don't, don't become an angry mob and just, you know, be willy nilly persecuting everybody in sight. I mean, it should be unlike they did. It should be, you know, with trials and rigor and all this stuff. But like, you know, the trials, the trials are the system and the system is Pfizer. I mean, Pfizer paid everybody. They paid the universities. They paid the fucking journals. Bill Gates invested in these things. Bill Gates paid all these media outlets. They paid the politicians. I mean, all these fucking people are in it together. So you're like, I'm going to go to court. Well, some of the judges have done okay. Some of them have not. But it's like, you're basically trying to get the system to indict itself. So, you know, I mean, it, it has to be to the point where there's such an outrage, like so visceral, like people are like, fuck you. I, I will not tolerate this intolerance, that this intolerance is the one thing you can't tolerate because it will destroy tolerance. It's the Carl uh, um, Popper paradox. It's the paradox of tolerance that if, if people are intolerant, that can't be tolerated. Otherwise, you're going to lose everything. Everything else, if you say something, you know, stupid or wrong or, you know, quote, harmful or whatever, that's fine. The people that want to end your free speech, the people who uh, want to destroy your livelihood for saying something, that's the view that can't be tolerated. Any other view, you know, that's disagreeable, even if you hate the view, can be tolerated because they're not, it's not the view to end all views. It's not the idea to end all ideas. It's just a different idea that might be stupid. That's fine. Those aren't dangerous. The dangerous, dangerous ones are the ones at scale is to say, well, we can't have any dissenting ideas. You can't work. You can't have a job if you have a dissenting idea. I don't mean your particular employer can certainly fire you if you uh, engage in <laughs> dissenting ideas to its uh, agenda on the job. But I'm talking about, you know, in general, that any idea 
that was counter to the narrative would be punished severely. You know, that's the kind of thing that can't be tolerated. And that's what these people were engaged in. They're still engaged in it. You know, there still is a dis disinformation infrastructure that Matt Taibbi exposed uh, on his Substack, And I recommend that he went through and listed all these like 60 organizations. They're funded by, you know, our money to fucking police us what we can say. So, you know, part of me is like, yeah, let it go, whatever. But part of me is like, fuck you. Like these guys, there's this one guy, he's a, uh, he's a follower of mine. I don't know why he hasn't unfollowed or blocked me, but he's just constantly fucking aggressively mocking me about the shit I say about the vaccine. And like, he's wrong about fucking everything. Ted Bell replied and said, what do you, where do you get the fucking evidence you're getting? The guy showed this study that was like preposterously bad, like from the completely disgraced Lancet. And it was like, had all these models that were obviously false and he was using that. And then once he was busted, he just like kept going, like, like nothing happened. Like there was no, like nothing changed. I was very, I think diplomatic and nice to the guy. I mean, I wasn't nice, but I was like, I could have just fucking destroyed that guy. And maybe next time I will, because it, it has to be that like the, the enough of a groundswell where, you know, the institution is not going to do it. It's not going to do it for you. It's just going to be enough people being like, fuck you and fuck that. And then finally, the institutions, which do are made up of people eventually in the zeitgeist is just like, oh, wait, we need to replace a lot of these people. And that's kind of how it starts. So again, I'm, I'm really like 50-50. And, um, you know, that's why I go on about the shit. If I just fucking went scorched earth, and this isn't even scorched earth, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm being nice right now, although less diplomatic than I often am. You know, maybe that would do something and, and or let it go. Just deal with the fact that it, the justice is not something that... It's not on your timeline. You know, justice is something that you get or don't get and you, you eat the dissatisfaction of not seeing it. I mean, why, do I, why am I so attached to seeing it, right? Like, I know these people are fucked. I know these people are demoralized, to uh, paraphrase Yuri Bezmenov, who said, you know, the demoralized person, you can show him the fucking concentration camps and he will still not believe. You will show him documents. You'll show him everything. And he still will not believe what's going on until the military boot crashes his balls. That was his quote. Kicks him in his fat bottom, is what he said. Then he'll understand. But until then, um, he won't. So, you know, maybe I just, that's it. That's, it's not up to me. It's going to fucking happen. But I do think it's up to me. And I hope people listening to this, you know, who, you know, know that this shit happened and fucking we're on the, the shit end of it. You know, we just fucking don't, like, I, I don't like seeing the people who behave this way just be, you know, just act like, oh, everything's great. Like, haha, I'm just as smug as ever. Like, fuck you. I know if there's another crisis, you'll fucking put me in a camp in two seconds. And you, of course you would. You fucking enjoy it. You wouldn't just do it. You fucking enjoy it thinking you're being a good person for doing it. Of course you will. You did it before, you'll do it again. These are the same people if they're around in the civil rights movement. They're lucky Twitter's not around back then. You know, they're lucky they weren't alive. The shit they would have been saying. It's all the same people. The people who attack the people they believe that can be attacked, the people who don't have the power, who they can get some points with their crew for attacking. These are the same fucking people. The unvaccinated can be people of different ethnicities, religions, races. It's the same fucking thing. It's everybody back then and everybody throughout history, when they attacked people who they were allowed to attack by the state, when the state had their back, they thought they had a good reason for attacking them. They spread disease. That's what they said about the Jews in Nazi Germany. They spread disease. Everybody who did what they did thought they had a good reason to do it or came up with a reason because 
the powerful people were insisting that they be believe what they believe. This is the same fucking thing. These people will fuck you the next time it happens. Uh, I mean, these are liabilities. And if, you know, if one of them came clean and was like, look, I fucking was caught up in a mania. I don't know what my problem was. I'm really sorry. All the shit I said was fuck, fucked up. You know, I realized that, you know, at the time when you're a dissenter, you don't have much support. Luckily, my family, we're on the same page, my immediate family. I feel really bad for people who, you know, married couples that one of the people was with the authoritarians and you're trying to say, hey, I don't know if I want this medicine for me and my kids and the authoritarian parent is not, that's 10 times worse than anything I experienced. And I feel terrible for those people. And I've heard about some cases, but, but yeah, I mean, if, if a person came clean and was like, look, I, you know, you were on the fucking other end of it. Like you couldn't go to a fucking restaurant. You know, you couldn't travel. You had to get tested and swabbed and shit, which I just started refusing after a while um, to just do normal things that normal people do. And, you know, when we're trying to run you out of your job, yeah, then I would say, fine. No, I trust you again. I, you, you, you know, you've, you've come clean. But if you're just going to be fucking smug and pretend like, yeah, everything's fine. That was just, thank, thankfully it's over, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. Like, I don't, I don't have any respect for you. You know, so I don't, I, I don't even like it when other people who know that these people did this shit. I mean, they know, they remember, and they're pretending like it's all behind them. You know, to me, it's like, no, those people have to fucking come clean. And, you know, that kind of thing where you have to come clean and acknowledge what happened, that's justice, that's accountability. That's how we move on. That's how we, we're like, let's make sure this never happens again. Well, unless those people, and, you know, when you apologize after the fact, you know, when the power shifts and now it's in your interest to apologize, they will, some of them will. And it's definitely much fucking weaker than doing it you know, obviously at the time or doing it now when the, you know, we're in the transition between one, one set of people in power and who knows what comes next. That is better than doing it when you've completely capitulated and you know, you're just saving your ass. And, you know, of course that, that all gets added up, right? I mean, if you're deciding who you respect, I mean, you know, when people do it does fucking matter. It does matter. But, you know, I think everybody who acknowledge it sincerely at any point. I mean, I just think you do, you do forgive and move on. You don't, you don't forgive certainly the architects of the policies, the Biden Fauci and whoever else, you know, was, was pushing these things, the WHO officials, the CDC people, Shell Walensky, you don't forgive them. I think they need to be prosecuted. I mean, I think they need to do prison time. I mean, serious prison time. And I just think in a just society, they would go to prison for what they did and the damage they inflicted. Uh, the media and the, the Rachel Maddows, maybe them too. You know, Jimmy Kimmel, I don't know. You know, he'd probably get out of it because he's a, 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 just a fucking douchebag uh, who, who used to be a comedian. So maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. That would be sort of a borderline call. But the regular people, you know, they don't, not going to go to prison for that kind of shit, but they should apologize. And, and you know, their, their penalty is A, being themselves, living with that, and B, just people who know what's what just don't fucking respect you. They don't respect a person who would do that, who would sell out their fellow person for any reason like that. You know, so anyway, this is a long fucking rant. I started, you know, thinking this is going to be five minutes and I fucking went on, but good. It feels good to, to say it. All right. Some other shit. There's a guy, Marty Bent, who has a podcast and a, and a website where he writes about Bitcoin. And on the positive side, he made two threads that are really worth checking out. It's about Bitcoin mining. And one of the things that happened in the last 50 years is the middle of America has been severely hollowed out because we used to manufacture things. We sent those things overseas. Part of that I've read, I'm not sure how much of this is inevitable, but they said once the dollar became the reserve currency, 
it was always going to be much cheaper. And basically you had to do it for competitive reasons. You had to uh, ship out jobs to other countries and put all the manufacturing in China and Indonesia and Malaysia, wherever they are, Mexico, wherever they put the factories. And so you had all these towns that were, you know, once thriving producers of things that have been really hollowed out. And then of course, like the airlines stopped uh, flying to smaller cities as much. And there are all these hubs now, and it's just kind of been a cascade effect. And so you have these power stations that have way, way too much power for their populations. And they're just kind of sitting there. And, and I think part of power generation, and this is a little bit technical that I only partly understand, but that like you need constant power generation. You don't want you know big spikes in usage and big drops. Um, and then also if you have surplus power that can't even be uh, consumed and these kind of dead towns, well, the Bitcoin miners are going in because they don't care where they are. As long as you have an internet connection, they use the power to mine Bitcoin, stabilize the grid, provide jobs in the area, bring some prosperity, you know, a little bit at a time back to the area and have a use for this stranded power. And this is, this is just like, it's like healing the damage that's been done by globalism and partly due to, you know, corporations trying to make a buck, but partly also just because they, they didn't have a lot of choice in some cases. And then the other thing, there's a lot of abandoned oil wells that they don't have pipeline capacity. And so you have these sort of abandoned wells sitting around and they're, I think it's the wells that are still um, off gassing methane too, which is apparently bad for the environment. I mean, I, I kind of feel like it's the, the side about the whole uh, global warming climate change thing. I, I kind of feel like it's a total scam, but that pollution's real and the climate may be changing for better or worse in different places. And there will be some consequences. And I do think we should be at least conscious of pollution and, and not tinkering with the system, putting stuff in the atmosphere willy nilly. I think, you know, we should absolutely produce energy, especially in the US and um, energy is prosperity. It's those two things are kind of indistinguishable just on a very basic level. You, you can't have prosperity without energy. If you have less energy, you have less prosperity. And we just need to take care of the, uh, the trees and the plants and the, and the animals on the planet um, by not polluting. But I don't think, I think the fact that, oh, you're going to die and the ice caps are going to melt in the next 10 years. I think that's just, I just think that's a, a psyop. It's just a propaganda thing. Even if there's some grain of truth to it, that, you know, the climate does change over time, whether it's man-made or whether it's um, some geothermal changes, which I've seen advanced and um, other hypotheses. But anyway, the Bitcoin mining is also using the, uh, the off-gassing methane to, to, to mine Bitcoin and capturing that. And it's also using the, uh, the abandoned oil wells to power itself and mine Bitcoin. And so you're starting to, this is an invention that is proof of work, proof of energy use, basically, as the backing of the, of the money. And it's incentivized to find stranded energy sources all over the world, whether it's unused hydroelectric in some dam where they can't get the, uh, the majority of the energy, you know, the hydroelectric dam can power the local town, but it can't make it all the way back to the main grid. So it's just squandered all this extra energy. Bitcoin miners come in, they're incentivized to do it because it's cheap and they're mining and using this surplus energy to create a, a censorship resistant and uninflatable um, new money. Um, and I've talked many times about all the benefits of that, but even so they're also, it's also an energy revolution. It's not just a monetary revolution. And this is very optimistic that some of the damage, these sort of abandoned wells and abandoned power stations or ill-used power stations and dying towns are getting this new injection of 
jobs and uh, and use for their infrastructure. So this is a, a positive thing. I figured I would pass that on. I've been following this guy, Dr. Jack Cruz. He was on Andrew Huberman's podcast, but I've ended up following him. He's actually a Bitcoiner, but he's this uh, neurosurgeon. I think he's a brain surgeon, actually. And Huberman, I never really listened to. He's like kind of the guy, the guru now for all the health shit that, you know, that everybody who pays attention knows, you know, the ketogenic diet and the, you know, sunlight and blue light and sleep and, and all the things that people are paying attention to that aren't listening to just the stupidest, most outdated mainstream health advice. And they got this guy, Jack Cruz on, and it was Rick Rubin, the music producer who got them together, I guess, because he's friends with both of them. And Cruz was like kind of a dick. He was just like lecturing Huberman and Huberman was uh, incredibly gracious about it. Very egoless about it and be like, okay, no, no, I'm learning. And he'd be like wrong. Or if he sits in the room, he'd be like, correct. You've got that correct. I'm starting to gain faith in you. He was totally patronizing him. But to his credit, um, Huberman was, was very diplomatic and very like, okay, I'm learning. I'm taking notes. You know, he's had this really like good, good attitude about it. And, and I don't even pretend to understand all this. I'm reading it and I understand maybe 30% of it. It's like reading Portuguese almost, but he, his theory is that, you know, biology is really, you know, obviously biology is downstream from chemistry, which is downstream from physics. You know, physics is sort of what's really going on at the, at the deepest level. And then it becomes chemistry when you start mixing atoms into molecules and then it becomes biology when you're talking about cells, but he's talking about electrons and light and, and, you know, I'm going to, not really do justice to this, but his idea is that like energy, and it's not just him, this other guy who I have a Substack subscription to this guy, Chris Masterjohn, who I, I was annoying to these nerds who like, they measure their lactate and their ketones and they're always measuring everything while they're exercising. And I'm a bit like, dude, just fucking stop being such a dork. Like just fucking exercise fast, eat well and get some sun, you know, just keep it simple. You know, I like the PD Mangan thing, but he also said, got in the email, same thing. It's sort of the idea that, that energy in a system is the most important thing for its health. And it also goes toward the, you know, the whole climate change thing. Let's reduce energy use. Like, no, no, energy use is the sine qua non for health. It is the thing that you need. And the idea is sort of like, you know, sun is just direct energy. Obviously plants take the sun in and they, by a photosynthesis, turn that into sugars, carbohydrates, and animals eat the plants. And then we eat the animals, the meat. And so there's these systems in place, you know, the meat is just, you know, condensed, perfected sun. It's sun that's gone through these systems that is made perfect for us as humans. And we eat plants too, obviously, but that there's a component of your skin and your eyes, you know, wearing sunglasses all the time, not great. Your skin and your eyes that take in the ultraviolet light from the sun and other components of light from the sun. And those have actual impacts on your skin and the cells underneath and obviously you don't want to get fried and burnt, but you know, for 30, 40 minutes a day with no, none of this poisonous sunscreen and let, let that, that energy get into your body and change the electrons and the, and the molecules in your body and in the cells and then how nourishing and necessary that is. That's sort of the, I guess my very um, inexact take from that stuff. And I need to understand it a little bit better. But I remember I, re I read this book from like the 1930s, this guy, um, Herbert Shelton, who was a bit crazy. He was a veg vegan, vegetarian. Not that being a vegetarian is crazy. I think vegan's a bit extreme, but if you can pull it off, good for you. He has a, it's called Fasting and Sunbathing, the book. And in the section on sunbathing, he quotes somebody from the 19th century. I mean, this was 1934 and he wrote it about how, you know, nature has its highest expression closest to the equator. You know, grasses become full palm trees. 
mountain lions and cats become lions and tigers near the equator when they're exposed to sun and exposed to environments that are drenched in sun. It's just a really interesting thing for physical organisms, like the most majestic, you know, they're, they're close to the, is where there's the most sun, most constant supply of sun. So I've been uh, wearing my blue light blocking glasses more and I've been um, trying to get, you know, when I go running at the track, I take my shirt off and uh, try to get as much sun as I can. And as summer comes, I'm going to be getting, and I'm pretty fair skinned. Like I burn pretty easily. So I have to have a hat or a long sleeve shirt or something, you know, get in the shade after a while, but the more of a base you get, more base you are. The more of a base you get, the more base you are. But I've got a bit of a base already, so I can tolerate a decent amount of it. And uh, I'm going to get as much sun as I possibly can because I, I, I think it's plausible and you feel better when you're in the sun. People look better when they have a tan. It's just sort of the next frontier. And i got to understand better. He talks in a lot of scientific jargon, and I, I find it very hard to understand some of the shit and some of the acronyms he's using. But this guy is Dr. Jack Cruz. And I like the fact that he's also a Bitcoiner probably a, you know, he's a first principles thinker and that's, uh, just something I've been kind of, uh, looking into a couple, uh, lighter notes before I end this thing. Um, I saw a note that the British cycling is going to now prevent male athletes from racing in elite female events. And it's hilarious because <laughs> cycling's always been about who can, uh, roid themselves with the most testosterone, right? Like you get the Lance Armstrong and all these people is jacking up the testosterone to win these events. And it's like, why not? If you're going to cheat by giving yourself testosterone advantage over your male competitors, why not just go to the female competition? And now you got a natural testosterone advantage. It's just an, it's a good idea, right? It's like, Hey, whoever has the most testosterone wins the biking race. So I'm going to go to the female competition where I've got a huge advantage, but they're, they're putting the kibosh on that. So you got to go back to roiding yourself to your advantage. Good idea though. Right. A couple other guys. I was going to say light thing. I'll do a couple light ones and I'll go on another rant. Um, <laughs> apparently some guy flying into a South Korean city airplane was like 600 feet off the ground. It's probably five minutes from landing and he opens the door. Now I think at that altitude, it doesn't start sucking everybody out, which is, uh, which is a good thing, I guess, but what a real man move. Right. And they, they arrested him and they were questioning him at the airport and they said, why'd you do this? He said, well, I've been under a lot of stress at my job. And the flight was just taking too long. I just, I just wanted out. <laughs> he didn't actually jump out. That would be the truly real man. Just step off the plane five minutes before it lands. But uh, respect to that guy. Just, you know, look, I don't like sitting in planes either. I feel the same way. You know, I'm just not man enough to open the door and step out, you know, before <laughs> with five minutes left in the flight. So respect to that guy. And I'm doing the real man thing, even though it's uh, the Chrysalis podcast, but that's all right. Okay, one more rant. Uh, two two different things on Twitter, and it just these are these are not. This is not like at the level of these scumbags from my uh, you know from my industry. This is just uh, no one's trying to cancel my job, right? These guys aren't like you know. I don't wish any ill on these guys, but just apropos of basically nothing, it was like in response to a coffee to a tweet about drinking coffee when I have a good night's sleep. He says, "I remember you complaining last year that Twitter was suppressing your followers. That was when you had seventeen thousand followers. Have you considered you were wrong about most things?" I like your fantasy sports analysis. Most of it is wrong too, but it was enjoyable. Best. Thanks for the best, dude. That's so friendly. And I said, yeah, I consider all the time that I might be wrong about not most things, but any particular thing that I might be wrong about. Can you give me an example? Can you give me something specific? So he responds, he says, specifically, the conspiratorial belief the former management at Twitter was suppressing the reach of your tweets. Under new management, you've appeared to have lost 500 followers since the sale. I think you'd agree conspiratorial thinking can be a symptom. Symptom of what? 
Anyway, I pointed out that's not the same thing, right? Like there could be people who unfollow me because they don't like what I'm saying or the bots got deleted. And then I'm talking about people who want to follow me, but they're not seeing my tweets. Reach is not the same thing as follower count. So he didn't even use a good example. But secondly, he was saying there's a conspiracy, but that's not a, that is a conspiracy theory that proved to be true that many people, their reach on Twitter was being throttled. That's been proven by the Twitter file. So he, so I said, you're wrong about most things. Okay. Most things that's, you should have a lot of good examples. The example that he gives, and he never followed up with another one was something that's proven to be true that they did conspire to limit people's reach. And I even showed him a screenshot of the shadow ban site that said I was shadow banned. So I don't give a shit if this is true or not, but this is the dumbest fucking thing. You're wrong about most things. And it's some one tweet I made, you know, six months ago about my thinking my reach was probably being limited. And then there's evidence that it was. And then there's proof that they were doing that to many people with dissenting views. So, okay. So I basically explained to this guy, you know, as clearly as I could, it's ridiculous. And I go through this whole thing and I said, you know, look, I'm spending too much time on this, but there's a purpose, which is destroy the lazy reasoning and bad arguments around the quote conspiracy theory trope that I'm fucking putting up in, with my mentions. I didn't say fucking, but for three years, it's a garbage talking point, nothing more. And I pasted the evidence that I actually was being shadow banned. And the fucking guy responds, and this is what's so annoying. He says, maybe there's money in conspiracy peddling, but it's not a lot of fun and it's unlikely to convert anyone. Carry on. I don't know. That, that's not that big of a deal. I did block him because I just feel like just doesn't, just doesn't, shouldn't be in my mentions. Someone of that level of just inability to have a, a discourse. And then the other one I posted about, I know with this guy who's like, you know, in my social circle out here, good guy. Um, he's like a tech startup guy and uh, just talking, you know, just hanging out. Uh, he works near here. And we, you know, we talked about the shit I talk about in this podcast a lot of, you know, CBDCs and, biomedical totalitarianism and U.S. politics. And, and when we got up to leave, I had to go to do this thing. Uh, he just says to me in earnest, he says, wow, I didn't realize you were so progressive. And I love that. I was like, I am fucking progressive. Don't be duped by labels. The people they call progressives are psychos. They want to cancel you for opposing views. They want to coerce people to inject themselves with poison. They want, they, they're supporting, you know, fomenting World War III, the nuclear power. They expose freedom of expression. These people are fucking regressive. And I'm for freedom of speech, freedom to choose what you put in your body for Bitcoin, where you have your own, no one can cut off your bank account or deplatform your, your ability to spend money and earn money. I'm fucking progressive. And that guy said, wow, I didn't realize you're so progressive. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a good description. I'll take that. Okay. So that's that. And these fucking dorks are like, why not talk about sports, food, travel? I thought it would be cool to hang out with you. It's like, First off, fuck you. I'm not soliciting your input on what to talk about. I'm just relating a conversation that a guy said something interesting and it made me think about it. That's all. I'm not fucking soliciting your dumbass fucking advice of what to talk about. Secondly, why not talk about sports, food, travel? Fucking have those conversations with your normally fucking friends who that's all they fucking talk about. I, you know, I hang out with people that we talk about that kind of stuff with, but it's extremely dissatisfying. It's like we can't talk about anything because if we talk about something they're going to fucking flip or they're going to be like, you're a conspiracy theorist. I don't want to fucking hang out with losers like that. I don't want to hang out with fucking people who that's all they've got. Sports, food, travel, distraction, fun. Let's talk about fun. Let's have a light conversation. Let's just fucking, let's, let's keep it shallow. Let's keep it real shallow. Let's just hang out. Why would I hang out with you? If there's no idea exchange, there's nothing interesting. If there's nothing going on, if we're not talking about things of import, why would I hang out with you? 
well, I don't need to fucking hang out with you. Oh, I thought it'd be cool to hang out with you. Why would I fucking hang out with you? To talk about shit that fucking any normie fucking thinks the same fucking thing, the same fucking restaurants. Oh, Paris is nice this time of year. Oh, you really got to see the, uh, oh, you really got to see the South of France. Oh, it's really nice. The beach is here. It's like, yeah, I talk about that shit once in a while. Sure. But why the fuck would you insert your dumb ass normie fucking, if you want to get good conversations about sports, food, travel, talk, talk to somebody about that stuff who actually knows what the fuck is going on in the world. They're probably people that are more based, have better taste, have a better sense of what's authentic. They're probably more authentic people to begin with. You probably get better uh, food, travel, and sports tips. Not, now you're making unsolicited suggestions for what I should be talking about with somebody else. I fucking relayed the thing to say, this guy said something interesting that made me think. And I'm talking about shit that makes him think. And we're having a discussion that's you know, opening our minds to different ideas. And this guy's like, Oh, I don't want to hear that. Why don't you talk about food, sports, and travel like everybody fucking else? Every other fucking normie wants to talk about the same fucking thing. You talk about that with your friends. It, it would not be cool for that guy to hang out with me. Why would he think that? Just to hang out with some boring person who doesn't fucking think about anything. Go fucking hang out with them. That's who you want to hang out with. You don't want to hang out with me. I'll be talking about CBDCs and fucking Bitcoin, and I'll be talking about biomedical totalitarianism. And I might talk about sports or food, maybe, I don't want to fucking waste time talking to somebody that's the only range they have. They have no depth, no fucking interest in what's going on around them. Fucking got locked down. You're not allowed to leave your house. Fucking forced to take an injection. You got to show your papers to go to a restaurant. And now you just want to talk about food, sports, and travel. Like, oh yeah, it's just, you know, hey, everything's great. Oh, they, they were, oh, our bosses reduced these restrictions. Yeah, our bosses, our overlords now aren't telling us what we have to do. So let's just talk about sports, food, and travel. Let's just forget all that shit that you literally weren't allowed to do shit that everybody's always been allowed to do, that any free citizen's been allowed to do. You don't, you're not interested in that. You just want some distractions, right? You just want to talk to your normie friends about normal shit and not fucking think about what you fucking agreed to and you're still agreeing to. And now you're fucking, instead of just minding your own business and being a fucking boring fucking person with no awareness of the fucking world around you, you're coming into my mentions to fucking tell me what to talk about apropos of nothing when I'm just, relating an actual conversation we had that had some meaning to me that was interesting to me. You know, we had a good conversation and I'm just relaying that. And then you're coming in with your fucking unsolicited suggestion, like a fucking idiot. And what are you hoping for some likes to that? People think, Oh, he's talking about this other stuff. So, you know, I, I, I just, the state of fucking people here, it's really something, you know, I, I saw a Wesley Yang tweet today and he said, as one's following grows, the chances of encountering the stupidest person one has ever encountered in one's mentions on any given day increases markedly. And I quote tweeted, I said, I'd have to get to a billion followers to eclipse some of what I've encountered the last three years. And these guys that I'm picking on, these last two, not even close to the stupidest. I mean, fucking, they shouldn't be fucking running their mouth like idiots, but nothing. They're, they're, those, are, those are benign. Those are fucking not even the top 1,000 stupidest tweets that I've gotten over the last three years. Just that one. I should, I should just pin that tweet, that one about the masks. So you could see all of the, uh, I probably will pin that tweet for a while. Just see all the responses to it. Like how fucking stupid those were. Even, even then, even in prospect, but in retrospect. Oh my God, man. Surprised they haven't deleted them. All right. That is long enough. Hopefully next week will be the uh, Chrysalis podcast and not the real man would, but I can't promise that. Till next time.